out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump, and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can Welcome back here to X's and Bros, Michigan Sports Network. Great to have you riding along with us, no matter who you are, where you are, how you may be listening, all across the great state of Michigan and in northwest Ohio as well. The good old hockey game tonight is uh, the Detroit Red Wings taking on the Calgary Flames. 7 o'clock puck drop inside Little Caesars Arena. To discuss that and more with us now, Tyler Borchers, Wing Sauce Podcast. Tyler, my friend, good morning to you. How are you? How's life? How are things, partner? Thanks for taking the time to join us. Thank you very much for, for having me on. It's, uh, it's almost the weekend, Super Bowl weekend, and I know that this is kind of a weird time of year. You know, after the Super Bowl, everyone kind of, tries to find something else to watch. Um, at least the Red Wings are a little bit more exciting to watch this year. Um, and then, you know, a lot of people just pretend, you know, a lot of my friends that watch football pretend to be basketball fans. So um, just that odd time of year. But, yeah, thank you very much for, for having me on. And, uh, yeah, glad to be talking, uh, talking Red Wings with you guys. I mean, I was, I was really dependent, Tyler, on the Wings being good this year uh, for a couple of reasons. One, because they hired Derek Lavone. Uh, who we spent some time together uh, with in uh, in Toledo, which was uh, great to see his you know his journey and his trajectory as a head coach to be able to make it all the way to the uh, to the boss bench there in Detroit. So that's awesome. And two, because the Pistons, I mean, after Cade Cunningham got hurt, you, you knew the season was basically a wash, and uh, they yeah, lose again yeah. last night. Like they're just difficult to watch. So I was hoping this year we would maybe see the Wings compete to a level where uh, figure out maybe sort of like a wild card positioning for them. They started the season really strong. And then all of a sudden they start to get into these, these slumps of three, four, six, you know, game losing streaks that they just can't get over. And I can't figure out what is actually wrong with this team. I mean, there, there's a laundry list, right? <laughs> you, you could, you could pick apart everything. And that's exactly what we do on, on our podcast weekly. Um, but you know, the, the the thing that you really need to pay attention to is just the development and and these in these days where we of course we want a good team we're starving for one we were I was especially spoiled growing up watching the the Hall of Fame teams that, that uh, you know Steve Eiserman and uh, you know we have a laundry list of, of Hall of Fame names there too but we have him as GM right now trust him a hundred percent. And you really have to look at the development of the young guys like Cider, Raymond. Um, you look at Sebastian Cosa, Elmer Soderblom, uh, Edmondson, Marco Casper. Uh, uh, you know, you, you, you look at these players, seeing how they're developing, brighter days are definitely ahead. Um, also, this year, riddled with injuries. I mean, there, there was, there's nothing really much we can say about that. Um, and we've been tested a lot with our depth. So I think that it, it, it's, it's been very difficult for the Wings this year. I mean, it seems like they still can't figure it out defensively. But you know what? It will, it will happen, um, whether that comes through trades or, or whatnot. I know that the uh, trade deadline is coming up. But a big piece, and I wanted to discuss this with you, is the, the contract uh, talks with Larkin. Because that's going to be a huge piece and how we move forward with this team. You know, if we can't get Larkin locked in, then it's 
I see it as a big step back. Where do we go from there? You know what I mean? Tyler, do you think that there's a split or a, a chasm at all within the fan base of like guy, you know, people who are Larkin guys and people who aren't? Or do you believe that a majority of the people are all like, yeah, we got to lock this guy in? It's so funny that you say that. I honestly believe it's I, – within my friend group, I feel like it's a 50-50. But I know outside of that, it might be split more towards 60-40. And it has to do with, with, uh, with big, you know, NHL media um, and, you know, the, the Spit and Chicklets podcast. You know, they write Larkin off as a, a second-line center on a good team. I'm not going to sit here and, and, you know, be a huge fanboy and say that he's a superstar because he's not. I'm not going to lie to you. But he's a very good first-line center. Um, if, if there is a 1A center, then he's a 1B. He's your, he's your next go-to guy. I don't think that he's a second-line center at best. I think depending on who you put him with, he can be a very, very good player out there. But you know that, yeah. and That's one of the questions that I have is because, like, what is what is Dylan Larkin, right? And, and can he be the top center? Can he be that guy on not a championship team but on a playoff team? Well, that remains to be unseen, right? Uh, is does he have that? Does he have that in his blood? Um, I think that again, it goes back to Steve Eiserman. Obviously, he sees something in him. He wouldn't have given him the C otherwise. Um, you know, he could really care less that he's a hometown kid, and you know that that he was a hometown draft pick, all that stuff. Um, Steve Eiserman doesn't care about any of that. He he picked him as captain because you know he was best suited for the job. So there are a lot of things that you need to live up to. And over the last two seasons, I think that Larkin's done a great job. He's playing great 200-foot hockey, two-way hockey. Um, last year, 71 games played, 69 points. This season, he's at 48 games played, 44 points. Uh, only issue is the Wings are at eight years with $8 million, but he wants nine. But there are two contracts out there that make his nine look kind of ridiculous. But then there are also two contracts that were just recently signed that he might get it. So this is, this is, we're in a very, very strange time right now. And I really, it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. Give us the, uh, the two contracts that make him, him look ridiculous. And the two that uh, I know Horvat's got to be, got to be one, right. And the two that make it look reasonable. <laughs> Yeah, actually, both got so the uh, the the two that I have um, are both New York Islanders for for the later. We'll we'll get to that in a second. But um, you know, for for Larkin wanting nine, he I, I, I again, I think that he's a great player. He needs to show a little bit more consistency than just two years. I think that nine is a big gamble for eight years if he's not going to live up to it. Um, the first contract I'll bring up, Mika Zibanejad, who's 29 years old. Uh, he plays a lot, a lot of minutes for the New York Rangers. He's a number one center. He plays power play and PK. He had, he's locked in right now at, at 8.5 for eight years. And that was signed in October of 2021. Now, since that was, since that was um, you know, a couple of years ago, obviously you would have to change that. I would, I would think that Mika Zibanejad would probably get around nine or nine and a half if that was signed today. But here's the point. Zibanejad is averaging over a point per game, and that's, that's consistency dating back 
to the beginning of the 2018-2019 season. And I know he plays on a better team. All those factors are, are into play as well. So that's, that's the first contract. Uh, the second one for San Jose Sharks, uh, Tomas Hurdle. He's 29 as well. He's locked in at eight years uh, as well for just over $8 million, 8.137 or something like that. That was signed uh, just last March, almost a year ago. He's the number one center. He does play power play. He's averaging .85 points per game dating back to 2018-2019. So not a point-per-game guy. I would say that that's pretty much what Larkin is. He's not a point-per-game guy yet. Um, and, you know, San Jose, not the greatest team right now. Red Wings, not the greatest team right now. I think that's probably the most comparable contract that we can see, although Larkin is a bit younger than Hurdle. Again, another factor that, that we'll, we'll throw in there. And then, so, so those two make his nine look kind of ridiculous, in my opinion. Um, make, it makes it seem like he's never going to get there. And then... You have Lou Lamorello, who just seems like he's going to throw out money to, to anybody and loves gambling. Um, Bo Horvat, he's 27 years old, just signed uh, just this month, $8.5 at eight years. He's a number one center. He's playing power play. He's having a career year this year, 55 points in 51 games. But, again, this is a huge gamble because his career best prior to this season came in 2018-2019 with 61 points in 82 games. I'm sorry. I, I, I think that that's a little, a little crazy. But you better believe that Larkin's throwing that contract down in, in front of Eiserman saying, hey, I'm better than this guy. I'm worth more than this. And then you have, again, on the New York Islanders, Mark, uh, excuse me, Matt Barzal, 25 years old. He just signed in October. Uh, a $9.15 million per year contract at eight years. He's, he was the number one center. Now he got moved to the right wing. He plays power play. His best season came in his rookie year, 82 games played, 85 points. But since then, he's, he's actually been less than, than hurdle in points per game at .81. He's had 271 points in the last 331 games since his rookie year. I, to me, I think Barzal is a great player. I think that he's getting overpaid. Same thing with Bo Horvat. So those two contracts, the, the ones I just recently mentioned, I think that Larkin is going to be using that for, for negotiating. I mean, he has to. But this is where I have no idea where he's going to end up. Usually these things are very clear-cut. I, I think that he should – what he's worth, in my opinion, is at least eight and a quarter to eight and a half for eight years. Eight and a quarter to eight and a half for eight years. And, and a reminder that, you know, according to the commish, Gary Bettman, now he did say that the salary cap, you know, we are looking at a potential increase uh, projection for right. next season of 23-24 of, you know, maybe at least – Four million, according to Gary Bettman. I don't know. He's told some tall tales before. That's a in, in NHL terms, folks. I mean, that's a that is a monstrous increase. I mean, four million. 
that's an extra player on the roster. I mean, is what we're is what we're basically looking at. So we should see that NHL revenues continue to rise. We should see that um, as the rest of the kind of the the sports market continues to rise. That salary cap number should increase. So the sooner you get the deal done, the less it really actually counts against you on the books for later on years. It's just Dylan Larkin. Just um, I, I think that a lot of fans wish that he would just pop and be that no question, no doubt, this guy's top 10 in the league, yada, yada, yada. That just hasn't been the case. And I think that that's where a lot of uh, a lot of Red Wings fans, you know, get uh, get their panties in a bunch, for lack of a better way to put it, because it's it does. It, it does put a giant question mark of how we evaluate and what we think about the uh, Detroit Red Wings captain. And is he, quote-unquote, really that good? What is the biggest missing piece for this team, in your opinion, Tyler? Well, if you look back to every Stanley Cup winner, you know, the, the last few years, um, they, they have what I like to call the Trinity, and that is you have to have a star goalie, which, you know, hopefully Kosa will be for us one day. Uh, it, remains to be unseen. it remains to be seen yet, but uh, have to have a star goalie. I think you have to have a, a star defenseman in the sense that should be in the Norris conversation we don't have that just yet i think cider will be will be the guy not there yet and then we also have to have at least one star forward so that those three right there if you look back to every stanley cup winner they build a team around those three and so it's not just one missing piece I, i think that we're 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 getting there but we're just not there yet um so we have three good pieces, but they're not superstar pieces. So once we develop properly, and I think I think Eiserman, I mean, he's got a great resume. Look what he did in Tampa Bay. Um, I'm I'm excited. And again, reminder to, to every every Red Wings fan, Eiserman came into into Tampa Bay with Hedman and Stamkos already. I mean, that, that's, a pretty, that's pretty good, if you ask me. He came to Detroit when they were a bottom barrel team. He, he didn't really have much to work with. He literally started with a clean slate. We're going to get there. We have to be patient. And uh, I, I also think, you know, just, just to close out here, I have to imagine that Eiserman's having a conversation with Larkin saying, you know, hey, do you want to win with this team? Or, or is money more important to you? Because if you trust me, I'm going to put guys around that are, that, are, that are going to win. But you have to meet me a little bit in the middle here in terms of money. Because that's what Eiserman, uh and, and that group did. That's why they were able to win. They forfeited uh, you know, portions of their salary to sign guys like Hashik and Brett Hall and Luke Robitaille back in 2 Otherwise, that, you know, that roster, one of the greatest rosters ever, ever composed, it would have never happened. So I think that those days are long gone. I think that um, it's sad to see a lot of a lot of players care more about money. And you know, it's 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 easy for me to say because I, I'm not making millions of dollars, <laughs> but um, that that's just how I see it. Oh, I'm 100. I you know you think about like I think it was who was it Chris Pronger. Did Chris Pronger go into this uh, where they were talking? They were breaking down the salaries a little bit. What, what you actually take home? I mean, folks, you gotta you gotta you really kind of factor it out. Like you know, to to take a couple hundred thousand 
less per season to be able to reallocate that to play on a competitive team to take a million less instead of eight, call it seven a year. I mean, what other job are you going to be working that's going to have you grossing seven million dollars a year? Like, I mean, I, right. I'm play. I want to win. Like, it's so for me personally, do what do what you have to do in order to make this team a winner. Like that, that's where I would be, and I'd probably look for maybe even a shorter term deal because if it's not a winner, then I want to be able to get out and have uh, some flexibility to maybe jump on somebody's bandwagon uh, at the end and kind of ride around like Kevin Durant just hunting for championships. Uh, that would be that would be me personally. He's Tyler Borchers, Wing Sauce Pod, dropping every Monday. Tyler, my friend, thank you for taking some time this morning to hop on with us and chat uh, chat with us a little bit. Uh, the Red Wings are going to be in action tonight taking on the Calgary Flames. We'll cross our fingers and hope to God they can pull off a W. Yeah, yeah. Thanks again for having me on, and uh, yeah, have a great rest of the day and good weekend. Thank you, my friend. Enjoy that Super Bowl uh, as will, as will, as well, I should say. Uh, quote, the Wings are going to have to make a move to get a true number one center or big score. That comes from Chris B. on YouTube. Yeah, Chris, I, I get, that's the most challenging thing about Dylan Larkin, and it's, it, it could be a little bit frustrating from a fan's perspective because you just want him to pop, right? Just, just go do it. Just go do it. You know, can you can you give us more than fifty goals in a season? And it, those those kind of guys, you're just not going to find them somewhere. You're, you're, you know, Larkin's got what fifteen goals so far this year. Yeah, fifteen goals and twenty nine assists. He's got as many goals as Lucas Raymond, Dominic Kubalik, and David Perron are a couple of guys that they brought in. Those guys each have fourteen goals. There's four scores in double figures right now. I don't want to you know be Einstein here, but nobody's cracking the 50 goal mark on this team. And if the guy you're looking at signing is the all-star and is this and is that, and has as many goals as a sophomore in the league, like, eh, I get why wings fans are hesitant. I've been a big beef stew fan, but I've always hoped he would turn into a Ben Wallace type of player. The Pistons have him transitioning away from the rim. Stones need a blue collar guy like that. That comes from nasty Nate on YouTube. Nate, I agree, but beef stew is just, He doesn't have Ben's athleticism, and he's undersized at his position. So I think that he's got great work ethic. He's got great hustle. You know, it it always feels like he wants to go after the rebound. I love his toughness. I love the fact that he challenged LeBron last year, bleeding out of his forehead like that. All of that, I I love all of that. But with his with his vertical limitations, like he's got to be, he's got to find a way to be able to impact the game on offense outside of standing around the block, which is an area where you need guys like Bagley and Duran uh, to be at. We'll step aside. We're back with more X's and Bros. Hour three is next. Michigan Sports Network.